And we are live. Um, good morning. Good Friday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I know that we're going to be a packed house today in the live feed just by the amount of pre-chat that was going on. I checked this morning. It was like uh, 50 minutes before start time. I went over to the YouTube page to make sure everybody was uh, showing up uh, the way it's supposed to. And there was like eight people waiting at almost an hour before we started today. And I was just chatting with some of the folks on the YouTube side saying, hey, uh, I know we're going to be full today because when I talk gloom and doom, we get like twice as many people showing up, you know. And I'm not picking anybody. I, I think people do want to really know what's going on, and we're going to dig into it today. I am, you know, outfitted in the Gulag shirt today. Some people don't get this one. Um, Gulag, the uh, combat talk is A there. It's not a, it's not a promotion for Google slash YouTube at all. It's a statement about the draconian policies of Gulag. They throw you in the Gulag, right? Gulag. And uh, I may go in the Gulag today. We will see. Uh, people were asking in the comments uh, if I am on other streams other than YouTube. The answer is absolutely yes. You can always find out about the next upcoming live stream by going to tspclive.com. We are on YouTube. We are on Twitch. We are on Float. We are on Odyssey. We are on, oh, what am I forgetting there? Uh, we're on face, Facebook, if you really want to go there, but we are there. Uh, we're on Twitter, uh, and uh, we're on Twitch. So we are all over the place, and that way we have many backups if I get taken down. I'm going to tell you the truth today about an SOE Tactical Gear Special Operations Equipment. is asked with us guys, and uh, he is the source of the shirt. If you want your own Gulag shirt, Get over to uh, SOE Tactical Gear, OriginalSOEGear.com, I believe is the domain off the top of my head, and get yourself a Gulag shirt and, 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 and speak out. There's a lot of other cool shirts. When you see my cool shirts, most of them come from John over there at SOE Tactical Gear. All right. So we're going to be talking today about where we are right now in history and how we got here and how bad the situation is. I'm going to lead off with an email. Well, I'm going to lead off with the meme of the week. I don't know if we're going to make that a thing, but maybe we should, right? Memes make us laugh even about horrible things. So we're going to lead off with a meme of the week, and we're going to go into an email that I got from a guy that's completely lost his mind, right? And I guarantee you just by who this guy says he is, if he's not making shit up, that he's probably not somebody that went all in on COVID, uh, he didn't believe all the COVID lies, but man, he has gone all in the rain. And the situation as to where this country is with the mindset of the people, I'm going to drop about five minutes of a 10 minute interview with for a Logan on you guys, full of truth bombs. Uh, we're going to talk about the fact that there are U.S. funded bio labs in Ukraine with deadly pathogens and what these people that keep saying it's Russian disinformation do when they say it's not true. They it's this it's same old fallacy. We change the claim to one we can say is not true technically instead of actually addressing the claim that's absolutely true, that's already been admitted as true. We're going to talk about how we have no business, none, condemning another country for doing horrible things in the war. 
It doesn't mean it's right to do horrible things in war, but we, we are not the person to lecture anybody. I'm going to share with you about a 20-second clip from the mid-90s from one of from Madeleine Albright, who was our Secretary of State at the time, and her response to being asked about the death of 500,000 children in Iraq due to sanctions. And once you hear that, if, if you're going to still want to tell me how we're the good guys and, and, and everybody else is the bad guys that opposes us, I don't want to talk to you anymore. I really don't, because you've denounced logic and reason, which is what a lot of this is about. The denouncement of logic and reason and turning to intentional stupidity. But we'll save the stupidity from there. Then we're going to go through... How this all plays into supply chain shortages. We're going to talk about empty car lots. We're going to talk about China shutting down a major port because COVID and why I don't think that's why it shut down at all. Why I think it's actually China helping out Putin. We're going to talk about a fertilizer-based food shortage that's coming. Why gas prices falling a little bit does not mean that you've seen the worst. Because my wife, and whenever my wife asks me a question that pertains to what we're doing, I put it on the air. Because I know it's a question the average person has. We're talking to talk about the electric car boom being shut down by supply shortages, a residential construction situation where we're now in what's being called a profitless boom due to labor and supply shortages. And then we're going to come back to that situation of intentional stupidity, willful stupidity, not ignorance, stupidity, and how dangerous it is. And we're going to learn about a gentleman named Bonhoeffer. And we're going to learn why... If I were to describe the situation in the United States right now, I would say the United States is way more like Germany in 1937 than America in 1995. And I know that sounds crazy, but I think when you watch this little like three-minute animation on Bonhoeffer's theory of stupidity, I think you'll be like, oh, my God, that's how bad things are. And then we're going to talk about how the real enemies of America are within. Not just the elites, but the stupid themselves and the stupid walk among us. And I think by the time we get there, you'll understand when I say stupid, when I say stupid today, I don't mean the person that's like 22 years old with a degree in retardism and they get asked, you know, on, on 4th of July at the beach, well, who do we get our independence from? And they're like, Mexico? I, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a totally different level of stupidity and how dangerous that stupidity is. This is not going to be an uplifting show. This is not going to be an uplifting This show is going to tell you how bad things are. Next week, I'm coming back with all the things that you can do about it. That's what next week's going to focus on. But I think it's time that we actually take a look at the terrain that we're in right now and how bad things are. That said, I thought I can't be all bad, and then something just came together. I've been accepting a limited number of new sponsors and rotating some sponsors out. Not sponsors that have done anything wrong. Just, you know, guys that have been with us a long time, and I feel like I've sold as much as I really can for them, and I don't feel good about taking people's money if I don't feel like I'm sending them enough traffic, and they're not really involved. It's like we just pay for a banner. I like sponsors that are involved. I sell my sponsorship way undervalued. I honestly do. And Paul Wheaton asked to become a sponsor with permies.com. And I was like, well, let's talk about it. Whenever it's a friend, I want to be really clear about what I'll do and what I won't do. And uh, Paul and I worked it out. He's officially on as a sponsor. A lot of people right now are trying to figure out, well, how do I ever get myself onto some land? What if there was a program where you could build up your skill sets to the point where people that know that they're soon going to pass on or maybe they're getting to a point where I'm not going to live on the land anymore and they're looking for someone that will actually take care of it? 
and you could get connected with those people as someone that will actually be capable of taking care of it. That's what Skip's all about. Uh, I'm going to put that up on the screen for you right now. We'll watch it together. And uh, it's only a couple of minutes long. And then I'll tell you, you can find out more at price.com uh, forward slash skip. And then there'll be a link to where you can actually get a copy of the ebook uh, on, on Paul's site. And then have a book coming out soon. It's not quite available yet. Here we go. A few years ago, the natural building genius, Mike Ayler, asked me to find someone worthy to inherit his land. He needed to know his projects would continue to move forward and not be bulldozed for a strip mall. When he died, Mike's estate included several homes, vehicles, cash, and a strong income stream from his books. Over the years, Mike had more than 100 interns, but none of them made the cut. Mike needed more than what any of them brought to the table. And Mike is just one example. I've had this exact same conversation with dozens of other landowners looking for somebody worthy. Each year in the U.S., millions of acres of farmland are abandoned. How can we connect those acres with people that want to build a better world? I made a list of things people could accomplish in the document. Things that would impress people like Mike. Kind of like a college degree in homesteading, but with purely physical accomplishments, like growing a garden, building a shed, building a small pond, or felling a tree. And smaller but still important accomplishments, like preserving fruit, mending a tool, foraging for mushrooms, or fixing a leaky faucet. Thanks to the community at permies.com, that list has now grown into something substantial. We call it Skip, Skills to Inherit Property, a chance to skip the rat race. If you complete Skip, there are hundreds of thousands of people, like Mike, prepared to leave their land to you. The first level is about 80 tasks that can be done in two or three weeks. The next levels get more impressive and take more time. Then we made another program that can be done by people living in apartments anywhere in the world. We designed Skip to be free for everybody. Your accomplishments are verified by the Skip community, and later you will verify the accomplishments of others. Good news is that's a badass program and you can be part of it. And, uh, I just, uh, dropped into the chat and I will right now put it up for you guys. Somebody was asking how they get signed up. Permies.com forward slash skip. And again, there's an ebook that goes along with it that you can get at Paul's site. Uh, and I'll put a link in that in the audio notes, which goes up about an hour after this stream ends, right? So, um, a lot of, a lot of you seem excited about it. Here's the good news. It is badass. Ethan's right. Here's the bad news. That's the high point of the day. That's, that's the feel good for today. We're going to turn a corner now and I want to take a look at how bad things are in America. And it's one of those things that it's hard for a lot of people to get their head around what's going on underneath. And I want you to kind of envision somebody got a wound on their arm. And it was a deep wound. 
but the surface of the wound wasn't where the major damage was. And now it looks like the wound is healing and there's a scab over it. And it looks like a common abrasion. You have a bandage on it to keep stuff out of it. And the arm starts hurting and it starts swelling. You go to a doctor at the ER because it seems like something really bad's going on. And they take a marker and they draw a, a line around where the swelling is. And they come back to check on you 15 minutes later and it's expanding. And you touch that scab and the scab falls off and it's, it's, like flesh eating or gangrenous underneath and everything looks not so bad. Now this patient is, if they don't like do something really quick and remove that flesh, that, that destroyed flesh or possibly even amputate the arm, the guy's going to die in a couple days when you get a disease like that, when you get that type of an infection, I don't think America is going to go away. I don't think it's going to cease to exist, but I call today the end of America as we know it. So let's start out with, well, how do I, what, what America do I know? I know an America where we have a lot of animosity toward each other in sub-tribal groups politically and then in many other social ways. But that everybody really feels like, but I can say what I want to say. I can be heard. I can make my case. And my case will either win or it'll lose. But at least I get a shake. At least I get a chance. I, I grew up in an America where people were proud to be Americans. Now, I, I have a little bit of a qualm with being proud based on where you were expelled from, you know, the geographic location where you were expelled from a birth canal, like just because you were born here or just because you immigrated here and became a citizen, that like you get pride out of that. But pride in the concept of America itself as being, I'm fortunate that I'm proud that I live in one of the best places in the world to live, that there's a difference to living in America to just about anybody, any place else in the world. And I've watched over the years as the, the difference has been amalgamated to be the same across the board. And I've, and I've pointed out throughout the years, I pointed out back in 2008 when I started, how there were certain countries already where in certain ways you were more free in those countries than other than, than our own country. Some of the things that you could do, for instance, I knew a gentleman that retired uh, to Thailand and bought an island. Now, I don't mean like a mega island. I mean like kind of like a, an island you can walk across a footbridge and get to. And uh, set up a, a disc golf course on it and had Thai chicks driving around selling you know booze out of the back of uh, golf carts. And he built an incredible business for himself there. And that would be a much more difficult business to start here in America. It wasn't environmentally a problem. There was no reason not to. But the licensing and regs and all the things you would have to do in America to even try to do that business compared to, like, he just bought it. And, like, can I do this? And they're like, yeah. I'm sure he bribed a, a local official or two, but it was easy. I think he's still doing it. And so we've had that erosion of liberty for a long time, but we still had something unique. It's often called American exceptionalism. I don't like the term American exceptionalism because it, it, it is taken by people to mean that we, us, people born here are exceptional. We're not. We're the same as everybody else all over the world as people. What it's supposed to mean, and the reason I stopped using the term is because it doesn't mean this to people, is that our way of life is exceptional in the opportunity that it provides. And I think we've entered a phase in the development of global governance where they feel it's time to strike and eliminate that and make us the same as everybody else. And the latest thing that's being used to make this happen is 
war in Ukraine. And this is the meme of the week for for you guys. And, and for those that are on the audio only, I'll read it for you. You've got the the typical, you know, completely lost his mind, freaked out SJW character. And you've got kind of the bro character, right? Blonde hair, beard, you know, glorious blonde beard. That that, that guy, if you if you're again, if you're on audio, you probably have seen him in memes. And, and the freaked out SJW says, we never said it would stop transmission. And bro's like, yes, you did. We never said it would prevent infection. Yes, you did. Look over there. There's a war in Ukraine. And, it, you know, if if, uh, if Russia and Putin are going to get the blame for everything they're getting the blame for right now, like the price of gas alone, et cetera, then maybe Putin should get credit for curing COVID because I ain't heard much about COVID. What drives me nuts, what drives me nuts is the willingness that people are accepting the exact same formula heaped onto them with this war in Ukraine thing. And it, it's, it's way scarier. It's way scarier. There's a lot more threats implied and direct today than there was with, because you're not wearing a mask, grandma's going to die, right? It's way worse. And it's a lot larger sampling of the population. What I feel that we just watched for two years, was a training exercise, a conditioning of the population to obey, a conditioning of the population to self-police. When we had the COVID Karens running around and streaking and screaming at people in public places, throwing coffee on people, spraying people with mace, wearing weird shit on their head, it was easy to just mock them as mentally ill. But what I said during that is you guys understand that this is just like you're seeing the extreme version of this. The gangrene or the flesh-eating disease is rotting us underneath. And there was a lot of people, and it tended to be more the conservative side, that bought into this, but they didn't go nuts. They just they, they dutifully wore their mask and said, well, I'm only doing it because I have to. And then we were standing right next to them going, well, I'm not. You don't see anybody, like, shooting me in the head or anything, do you? Well, you're just being a dick to people. It's not their fault. Well, okay. So they comply. They got trained, too. Then the war in Ukraine picked up, and COVID went away. Training exercise complete. Time to move into the actual op, the actual psyop. And there'll be another one, because this probably will settle down. There is, there is as I, I reported three weeks ago, that Russia had a peace offering on the table that was, you know, reasonable in the situation, and our government was giving Zelensky false hope and prolonging the war. And the last thing you ever want to do with any war is prolong it. The people that are defenseless suffer the most in a prolonged and protracted war. So it looks like even our own goons are starting to say, well, you know, I think somebody came out recently from the White House and said, you know, uh, uh, Putin will, will decide how this ends. Basically conceding that that's what's going to happen, and it is. So there'll be something else. I predict there'll be, you know, a, a, an AIDS panic by this summer because there's a whole bunch of clap crap coming with that. If it's not that, it'll be something else. It'll be all the shortages we're going to talk about in a bit and how it's like the war in Ukraine. If it's completely over, it'll still be Putin's fault. But I want to show you what this leads to. When people buy into this bullshit, this is an actual email that I got 
And this chain went back and forth a few times, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to like totally beat this guy up because it's not about this guy. I want you to understand I'm not picking on this guy. Um, I'm demonstrating what happens when an otherwise reasonable person is subjected to this type of psychological operation. Uh, I'm referring to him as unbalanced, but he may not be. We may have a better understanding of his mindset when we get to Bonhoeffer's theory of stupidity at the end of the show today. Here's what he sent me. This is exactly the only thing edited here is where he's from and what his name is. This is I cut and pasted it and made a screenshot of it. WTF, Jack, I hadn't listened to your podcast in a while, and the past two times I've listened this week, you are sounding a lot like a Putin apologist, not the effing patriot you claim to be. Let me pause there. I don't claim to be a patriot the way this guy means it, and I never have. I never have. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. This gets worse. Have you been that brainwashed to think RT News is a more accurate source? I've said multiple times when I talk about RT News, I don't trust them any more than I trust any media source. I just think right now you're getting a better picture by looking at both sides of it. But he continues. Check your news feed, dude. You've done got sucked into the propaganda machine and don't even realize it. Oh, really? I got sucked into the propaganda machine and I don't even realize it. I don't trust the same media and government that just lied to us openly and blatantly for two years. I don't trust the same government that said a laptop found in Maryland that, that absolutely belonged to Hunter, Hunter Biden and absolutely incriminated the Biden family was Russian disinformation. I don't believe that. I believe the facts on the ground. But I got sucked into the propaganda, and I don't even understand it, right? Um, I like some of your stuff, but if I keep hearing this Russian propaganda, you are deleted. Oh, okay. So... Now, he's important enough that I will literally, because of this email, this is a delusional state you're in, I will stop saying what I've been saying because he threatened me, even though he hasn't listened to me. Obviously, he has never heard me. He might have listened in the past, but he's never heard me. Because if he heard me, nothing I'm saying right now would even surprise him, okay? You better not bring that shit to Liberty Forum if you come this year or I'll call you out on the spot. And yes, I will come up and say all of this to your face. I don't need to hide behind a keyboard. Fuck commie lovers. Name redacted. USA Master Sergeant Retired 10th Special Forces Group. Hooah. City redacted, state redacted. Oh, and this went on. I responded to this shit. And what I said was, here's the things I've been saying. I've said that they claimed, for instance, that Miss Ukraine was out fighting the Russians and it was a fashion photo with her with an airsoft gun in her hand and it, that all the media said it was true and then it turned out that it was a lie. I've said that the Jewish Holocaust Memorial, it was claimed that the Russians bombed it for whatever hateful reason, that it's not true that a member of the Israeli media went there and took pictures of it and showed it's still there. I've said there are U.S.-funded Ukraine bio labs in Ukraine that have deadly pathogens in them. And I gave them like two more. I said, if you can, instead of threatening me and calling me names, because it went way worse than this. Uh, he told me, I actually trained with those Ukrainians. You're not qualified to carry their nutsack. Right? He told me, basically, if I see you, I'm going to bring some other veterans, and we're going to show you how. He's physically threatening me, guys. A little bit veiled. 
I guess trying to keep himself from going to jail for, for terroristic threats. If I was a dick, I could make this guy, I could take these emails. I wouldn't do this because I don't point a cop at somebody unless I would point a gun at him. I could take all his emails total and I could send them to law enforcement and I could have somebody at his house tomorrow. If I was a dick, I'm not. I won't ever do that to somebody. And if somebody, if, y- if y'all are out there thinking, oh my God, this is got, I get this shit all the time, guys. This is not unique. I just usually don't talk about it. It's the mindset that, cur- that worries me here. This idea that I guarantee you this guy. L- let's think about the whole totality of this. If you come to Liberty Forum this year. So I'm guessing I've met this man. I don't remember his name. I don't remember meeting him. If he's not totally full of shit. He, he's a, a guy that regularly goes to the Free State Project's Liberty Forum. Losing his mind because basically I'm anti-war. I'm not pro-war with Russia. I'm anti-war, period. I think wars are horrible and should never happen. He's physically threatening me. He's even told, you know, I know where he lives, city and state, and it's not New Hampshire. And he said, if you're ever in my area, come look me up. I'll show you. Like, so he's talking shit. He's talking shit about coming up to me at Liberty Forum and getting in my face, which I think would be a really bad idea. For him. I, I don't think you're going to find a lot of alliances with this mindset at Liberty Forum. So this guy is somebody that's been involved in a liberty community, now physically threatening a podcaster for giving an opinion that he's opposed to. Oh, by the way, a man that at one time put his, his hand up, just like I did, and said, I swear to uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. So help me God. Not I, I swear to uphold and defend the opinions of government and media to defend the United States, the Constitution. The very Constitution that gives me the right or acknowledges and defends my right is a better way to put it, to come out and tell you the things I'm telling you today. So your oath is shit. You're an oath breaker. This, I'm telling you, if you're in the military and you're physically threatening somebody for stating their opinion, you never meant your oath. Or if you did, you stopped meaning it. You're an oath breaker. You're not an oath keeper. I'm sorry. I have every right to express my opinion. But here's the bigger problem. This behavior is at least narcissism and far more megalomania. And it's way, this is not unique. This is way more prevalent than you guys realize. There's people that think like this. They just keep their mouth shut. They don't say anything or they're venting to somebody else. So it's clear that he's so upset about what I'm saying because he actually thinks what you and I and all of us think about this problem in Russia has an impact on what's going, and and Ukraine, has an impact on what's going to happen. See, I know my pay grade. My job is for the people that want to hear me to be able to hear what I have to say clearly and plainly and then take that information, form their own opinions, getting information from wherever they want, and live their life within their sphere of control and make good decisions for their family based on that. It is not to influence politics. It is not to get somebody elected. I think if I got every single person in my audience on the on the, on the audio side, which is over 200,000 people, write a letter to their congressman today, asking for the United States to go to war with Russia, 
it, it wouldn't change the course of events. And if I got 200,000 people to write a letter to their congressman today just saying we want complete and total neutrality to get out, it wouldn't make a difference. I'm in touch with that reality. My opinion is not that important. This man thinks both his opinion and my opinion are vital to what is going to happen next. That's delusional. It's narcissistic. And like I said, it's probably full-on megalomania. We're not that important. Your opinion is not that important. Your opinion is important into what happens in your life, not to what happens in Europe, not to what your government's going to do. Your local government doesn't give two fucks. I'm talking like your county and city government. They don't give two fucks about what you think. But you think Joe Biden's going to alter the course of how the U.S. engages in potentially starting World War fucking three? Because some podcaster told you that the media lied to you. And this is the big thing. He wouldn't even be mad if I was wrong. He sent me a bunch of opinion pieces and he sent me the thing that everybody's saying right now. There are new, there's no U.S. Um, bioweapons labs in the Ukraine. This is the, this is the formula. The claim is there are Ukrainian possessed biolabs that have things like plague and other horrible freaking pathogens inside them. Some of them date all the way back to Russia, actually USSR, uh, when they had Ukraine. They're actually Russian facilities that we went in and upgraded to level three. They have anthrax. They have all this stuff that Russia made, and God knows what the Ukrainians made or we made in there. That's the claim. It's not that they're bioweapons labs. They're bio labs working with the pathogens. Right. So they change it. It's the same shit they did with the freaking, you know, Joe Biden's giving out crack pipes. And so the fact checkers change it to Joe Biden. The claim is that Joe Biden's giving out crack pipes and heroin. And then say it's not true. Well, nobody said he was giving them heroin. They said they were giving them crack pipes. Somebody brings the, 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 the safety kit out and opens it up and goes, here's crack pipe. Here's a meth pipe. Like I said, until I saw that video, I didn't even know there was a difference. So I don't partake in such drugs, right? I didn't know that crack pipes and meth pipes were different, but apparently they are. So he's got crack pipes and meth pipes. He's changed the debate. That's what this guy's doing. That's, that's what this guy's doing. Same thing. And he's buying into it. And he's otherwise, and it's important to understand he's otherwise logical. Let's move on. I want you to see this. I play about five minutes of a video of an interview on America's Voice Now with Laura Logan. And she's going to explain why you probably shouldn't listen to anything they're being told right now. And I, I love where this starts out at the beginning. Putin's running out of bullets. Really? Then why do we need to be involved? Listen to what Laura has to say, though. Overnight uh, that uh, it appears. And there you are. You popped up for us. It's so great to see you. Um, the Daily Mail has a very interesting story that's saying uh, that Vladimir Putin essentially maybe running out of bullets, that he might have a week and a half, two weeks max, he's losing warplanes, tanks, all the rest of it. He obviously went into this thinking he was going to bulldoze his way through Ukraine. He's obviously caused a lot of destruction. Don't want to minimize the fact there's over two million refugees. But this has not gone as well as Vladimir Putin expected. I don't buy it for a second, Ed, I'll be honest with you. I really mm. think that um, there's so much misinformation. We've never really seen anything like it. I mean, I've been covering... 
wars now for 35 years. And I have never seen people with their nails done in the Ukrainian flag, right? I mean, we're being corralled into this box where we either have to hate Vladimir Putin and believe everything evil that's said about him and love Ukraine, and there's no in-between. And that reminds me a lot of you're either, you know, um, a white supremacist or you go with the Democrat narrative on everything under the sun. So um, Vladimir Putin knew exactly what he was doing when he went into Ukraine. The Russian military isn't perfect. They, for example, I've spoken to multiple defense specialists and intelligence specialists from a defense intelligence agency who studied the Russian military for years. They do have a difficulty mounting complex air operations because they do very little um, training hours in comparison to, for example, the United States um, air assets, right, our fighter jet pilots. But Russia um, is not struggling. Uh, what Russia has done from the very beginning has been very strategic. They didn't go straight to Kiev. They went to all those uh, bioweapons laboratories that are scattered all over the country. Some of them they built, so they know where they mm -hmm. are. They've known where they yeah. are since the Soviet Union because under the Defense Threat Reduction Program, um, we went in after the fall of the Soviet Union and supposedly turned those facilities in from bioweapons labs into public health labs. Although, um, you know, these days it's hard to believe anything that our leaders tell us because they've lied about COVID, they lied about Russia collusion, they lied about U the Ukraine impeachment trial, and there's so much more going on in Ukraine that nobody is talking about. You see such dishonesty when it comes to the history of Ukraine. You see dishonesty when it comes to the Azov Battalion, which is funded by the U.S. and NATO. I mean, you can find pictures of them online holding up the NATO flag and the swastika at the same time. Their own emblem mm -hmm. contains the black sun of the occult, which was a Nazi SS emblem. And it also contains the sideways, you know, uh, lightning insignia of the SS. I mean, this is on... Throughout the Ukrainian military, you can see that black sign of the occult on their um, body armor, even on the female soldiers who are paraded in front of the world as being, you know, such an example of Ukraine's um, independence and spirit and nobility. Even they are wearing the black sign of the occult. And, you know, the, we want the White House wants you to believe, well, this doesn't matter. It's just a small number of troops. It's not true. The Azov Battalion has been murdering its way through eastern Ukraine. Yeah. We don't want to admit this. This was why Crimea voted for independence. This is why Crimea wanted to be with Russia, because sure. we in the media, in the Western media and in the West, won't acknowledge the reality of what's gone on. Western Ukraine backed the Nazis. It was a headquarters for the Nazi SS. The CIA under Alan Dulles yeah. actually gave immunity from prosecution to the Nazis of Ukraine mm. from the Nuremberg trials. So um, there's a long history of the United States and our intelligence agencies funding and arming Nazis in Ukraine. These are not like neo-Nazi groups that sprung up. These are the actual Nazis from the Second World War, who, if you go back to the Nuremberg trials, said that they were planning for a thousand-year Reich. And so you have to really wonder, as you look at this, when you know that the CIA sponsored the color revolution in Ukraine in 2013 and 14, that they selected Ukraine's leaders, go to, the, um, go to Victoria Newland's leaked phone conversation, where she and the U.S. ambassador are deciding who can lead Ukraine. I mean, there's as much right. interference here as you could possibly imagine before right. you and even Laura. get to Hunter Biden, Nancy Pelosi, John Kerry mm -hmm. and Mitt Romney and all of their children who are employed, who earn millions 
from Ukrainian you are gas pointing, companies. Yeah, you are pointing, pardon me, to a real credibility crisis. All right, so I just want to say I, I only played about half of it because I don't want 10 minutes of that in the middle of my show. I thought that was as, as much as I could do. I expected right about where I cut it off for them to start pushing back, and I felt bad that I was going to cut it at five because that was the fire from Laura. Turns out they, they basically acknowledge what she's saying is true, but did y'all see that blonde lady's face? Was that not like, oh, my God, this is really happening right now. She's saying this, and the producer's not pulling the plug. And the guy, uh, yeah, uh, right, uh, right, uh, uh, like it, it was – if you if you are on the audio, guys, look this up and just watch that segment and watch those two reporters' faces as it looks like their brains are about to come out of their freaking eyes in their nose. Because there was so much truth in that. There was so much truth in that. And this is, let's go back. To, I want to add this back to the stream here. We'll come up where you guys can see me. Um What's going on here? So if what I said is what they do is they change the narrative. And I'm going to blow this up so I can read it a little bit more clearly with my not-so-great eyes. And this is a segment from an article on Independent explaining how all of this, it's all Russian disinformation. And you tell me if you see the pattern here. What does the U.S. say about this? We're talking about the bio labs. And why does it think Russia is making assertions? The U.S. had denied the claims that it has backed bioweapons program or is developing such weapons in Ukraine. Do I have to read more? Let me go ahead and do it. It has also claimed Russia is making these assertions in order to give it cover should it decide to launch a chemical or biological weapons attack itself. Okay. I'm not even going to read anymore. The asininity in that is, is incredible. Is asininity a word? It is now. I'm making it a word, asininity. So you don't have to like Russia, and I don't. You don't have to like Putin, and I don't. You don't have to be, I hope Russia wins, and I'm not. I hope the war ends. That's my position. I want the war to end as swiftly as possible, and I want people to have self-determination. So if the people in Boston want to be independent nations, I want that for them. Just like if my state, Texas, ever decides, we've had enough of this shit, it's been a good run, we're tired of your shit in D.C. and we want to be the Republic of Texas again. I want us to have that right of self-determination. And if there were 90% of Texans that felt that way, it'd be done. Well, in those two provinces in Ukraine, it is 90 plus percent that want to be independent nations. Okay? If that's what it takes, I'm okay with people having self-determination. But either way, I want the war done. That's what I want. These people want the war to go on as long as possible. And this, this is the disinformation. The claim is A, we change the claim to A plus B and say it's not true because B is not true. They're doing this, and they're doing this over and over again. Now, next, it's so Russia can use chemical or biological weapons like we claim they did in Syria and we lied about, and it's known that we lied about it now. And they can get cover saying it came from this lab. Russia's exercising restraint in this war. And I know somebody's going to start shrieking, you're a Putin abolished. No. I just mean with what their capabilities are versus what they're doing. If they wanted to level Kiev to the ground to make the entire city a parking lot, it would have been done long ago. With conventional weapons, 
They all need to do it. If they want, you know, chemical or biological, I'm sure that anything that's in that lab, they have access to back in Russia. This is all typical shit. And it's done to create a mass freaking psychosis. Remember when Robert Malone, co-inventor of mRNA technology that's actually used to make the vaccine, got censored when he went on Joe Rogan and said it's mass formation psychosis the way people are behaving about COVID. It's more true about Ukraine. My neighbors, I have neighbors over here. They're conservative Christians. They've invited me to their church. They're nice people. We give them duck eggs. They're wonderful people. They have a Ukraine flag out there flapping on their freaking fence. Virtue signaling. Why? They don't know. They don't know anything about what's actually going on in Ukraine at all. Nothing. But we're going to pull away from that for a bit. I want to show you what's going on on the other side of things. So we already know, and if you can't agree with me that we're being manipulated here, I don't know why you're still listening. We're being manipulated and it's being done for a purpose. And I believe it's being done to change America, not to destroy America. So America's gone, but to make America the same as everywhere else in the world. To vulcanize the nations of the world into equality through equity and remove what makes America exceptional. Because I've said earlier, see, IRS, this, this, you gotta stop this guys. Right? EMP attack! Stop it. There's not going to be a freaking EMP attack. The enemy is here. We are the enemy. The people of this country are our own enemy. Our government is our enemy. Our media is our enemy. This this guy that's acting like a total freaking retard threatening me in an email for being a podcaster with a couple hundred thousand people that listen to me, not understanding that what I say doesn't really change the course of events, is thinking like this, this EMP shit, like the enemy is with, is outside of us. The enemy is here. The enemy is mass psychosis. The enemy is the government. The enemy is the mainstream media. And the enemy is the technocracy and the corporatocracy. There's your five prongs of the enemy. Okay? That's who's dangerous right now. China's not going to EMP us. They don't have to. Why would you start a war with a nation when the, you look at the nation and go, well, they're doing a really good job of destroying themselves right now. Why would you waste a bullet? Why would you provoke somebody that can annihilate every building you have in seconds if they choose to, when they're annihilating their own way of life right in front of you? Have you read the work of people like Nikita Khrushchev? Oh, Jackson Kami. No. No, I'd like to understand the mindset of people that are a threat to me. Khrushchev said that they didn't need to do anything to the West. That it would fall like a ripe apple into their hands in time. We're doing it. We're ripening our own apple right now. Stop worrying about EMPs. You're not going to get an EMP. It's not going to happen. I had somebody email me today. He wanted me to read a book he wrote. It's about an EMP attack, and then people start hunting and eating each other. As though there's no food left. Starving people can live off other starving people. For how long? I mean, this mindset that the problem is somewhere else is what we're talking about today. Here's the problem. How are we going to have the economy of this country recover when we don't have the stuff to rebuild the economy with? We don't have the labor to rebuild the economy with. You might be wondering, what the hell is that picture Jack has on the screen right now if you're looking at it? That is the parking lot for new cars of the largest Toyota dealership in Fort Worth one two weeks ago. 
This is what I've talked about on the air recently, where my wife and I went down to have our our truck serviced, and I that's that's for my Challenger. I'm sitting in my Challenger taking a picture while I'm waiting for her to drop the truck off. That's a new car lot, largest. And for those that can't see it, there's one, two. I'm looking at the little side piece too. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven vehicles. I used to hate to go to this place when we had to. Do you know why? That parking lot was so jammed with cars on a regular basis. Just right. I know you guys have had this experience. You're driving through a car lot. You're terrified somebody's going to T-bone you from around the corner because some idiot comes flying through and you can't see anything. It's hard to park. If you take a full-size truck there, you're like, geez, I'll just park out here in the street. If I don't need my vehicle service, I'll walk on the lot because it's that crowded. This is what it looks like now. Right next door to that, to that facility. They had a used car facility with a lot that's just as big. That's where they put all the pre-owned vehicles. They're not used anymore. They're pre-owned, right? There's a couple of used cars on this lot, too. They're over to the left where you can't see in the screen. And um, the, the used car lot is closed. The building had to turn the lights out in the building. This is this is Toyota. This is Toyota. This is their headquarters. To Texas a couple years ago. This is the largest Fort Worth Toyota dealership. This is a big dealership. The people that are inside buying cars while I'm doing this, I went in and talked to the guy we leased our truck from. They're buying cars that are expecting to come in in five to seven weeks. They're already sold. There's not going to be any inventory on a lot probably this summer, maybe not this year. They already know this. That's just that's just, and, uh, I don't, I don't doubt this either here. So Barbarian Dad says CarMart packed, GMC packed, hot, Han, I think he's trying to say Hyundai packed, Ford packed. That's interesting because I've seen this too. I've seen dealerships that are packed and dealerships that are empty. And it's, I think it's this bursty supply chain problem. So what you have is the dealers that like, I'm betting most of them are the ones that can't fit their car. Jack Spirico bought one, two, three vehicles from this dealership. What do you think that says about this dealership? Are they trustworthy? Are they honest? Are they straight shooters? Do they stand behind their product? Well, absolutely. I wouldn't do business there. Just down the road is the, is the dealership I got my challenger from. It's not this bad, but it's pretty bad. These guys are actually still selling cars, so their inventory is not. But it's, it, this is just the beginning, guys. So this is the story here. And I have links to all this stuff will be in the audio notes for you guys later if you want to check it out and read the whole story. But China shuts down China's Sichuan, uh, home to Apple suppliers, right? So they shut down the port. And this is, this is the port where all the freaking stuff that they make is made and shipped to Apple and a lot of other places because COVID. Now remember, if you look at the COVID cases in China, according to China, they haven't had any COVID cases. Since three months into the pandemic, they all went to zero, right? It's kind of life. No shit. But they've had the same problems that they've had with COVID from the very beginning. And all of a sudden, we're in a war with Russia, proxy war with Russia through Ukraine. We tell China, you better not get involved because we're allowed to get involved, but you're not, right? And China's like, oh, we, uh, our, our port, we must shut it down. So here's another pinch on supplies because we're stupid and we keep relying on China for all our stuff. Raw material for vaccines, or not vaccines, uh, antibiotics, we get it from China. Raw material for most of our 
uh, pharmaceutical drugs either come from China or India. India is not exactly pleased with this whole potential World War III shit right now. And don't forget, I talked about this years and years ago. We're just shoving it together now. The BRIC alliance, Brazil, Russia, India, China. You guys that are long-time listeners know I was telling you about that in 2008 and saying that economic block, if it comes together, far surpasses the United States. We're pushing it all together. We just had um, a couple countries agree to trade for oil and gas and not use dollars. Petrodollar dying said that would happen for a long time. So we have this problem. Now we have this problem. A food crisis is looming. This fertilizer stock stands to gain. This is on Barron's. I thought I would put something that was actually putting a positive spin on it because that would make it a little bit more believable. But a huge portion of the fertilizer that American farmers use comes from Russia. And it's urea-based fertilizer. For those that don't know what urea means, it's piss. Piss-based fertilizer comes from Russia. It's very, very cheap from Russia. That's why we get it from Russia. And we're too stupid to make, like, we can't make piss-based fertilizer in the United States. Really? So the cost of a production of a bushel of every single conventional crop, especially our grain crops, is going to go through the roof just because, just because of the fertilizer price. And on the other side of it, the market will only bear so much. People will only pay so much for things. There's an inelastic demand within food. And there's an elastic demand within food. There's the food I need, and there's the food I'd like to have. So what people do when food prices go through the roof like they are, they can't cut back on the inelastic demand, right? Okay? I mean, you would think people with economics degrees in their Congress would understand this shit, but apparently they don't, right? Rednecks understand it. They don't. Inelastic. That means if, if you will only not buy it is if you are totally out of money and you are going to starve. But you'll buy it because you need a certain amount of calories every day. Elastic. Well, do I really need this? this I was going to get myself a couple of ribeyes. Holy shit, it's $24 a pound. No, I ain't going to do it. I was talking about fertilizer here. What was going to do with ribeyes? What do you think they feed those cattle? You and I might eat grass-fed beef, but most people don't. Now, when they all run away from the grain-fed beef because it's not up too much in price, they're going to come compete with our supply of grass-fed from local. So you better get with a local person soon. So that you can get your, your, your meat, because meat's going through the roof with this too. But this is the problem we don't have to have. There's no reason we can't make all the fertilizer for America needs in America, and it wouldn't be that much more expensive than putting on a freaking ship from Russia to the United States. But we don't want to. What am I getting at here? Do you guys feel the undertone? This is all intentional. Your government, your corporatocracy, your technocracy, and your media are all doing this intentionally. And our friend we started out with, he's worried about me, and he's worried about Putin. Because that's the big threat, not a complete shutdown of the American economy that we did to ourselves at the beginning of freaking COVID, not this underlying supply chain shortage of everything in its own time, bursty. Again, this is short, then this is short. Not nothing being done to rectify it. That's not the problem. Not people in the total state of psychosis where you're either with us or you're against us. That's not dangerous. That's not Nazi Germany. No, right? No, it's, it's, it's Putin. Putin has his problems with Ukraine and Ukraine, Ukraine has a problem with Putin. I just say it's not our business and it's not Lily White like we're told. I've, been, I've asked, I've been, I keep hearing Ukraine's our ally. I said, please show me the agreement of alliance that we have with Ukraine. 
No one shows me one. They just tell me I'm Putin's tool. Why? Because mass psychosis. It doesn't stop. Friends and neighbors, it doesn't stop. Gas prices fall a little. They went down. We're celebrating 5.39 a gallon for regular. I guess that's California. It's not that high here in Texas. It's like 4.88 or something. We're celebrating it. They went down. My wife asked me about this. She said, well, why did it go down? Because we were up to, I mean, I think we were, we're, we're in the, I don't know. I don't ever, I'm not the one that goes and buys gas anymore. My wife does it. I never leave the house. Um, I think we're in the 390s. I, I said up to five bucks. So I think we were like 390s right now or 380s right now. And we were up over four bucks. And uh, she said, well, why did it come down? I said, because people buy the news to sell the rumor, basically. And then she looked at me like, what the hell's going on? Yeah, Sue says 429 in Virginia. So I think I think we're at like three high threes, like 380-something right now. But we went up over four. So, well, when war with Russia was you know, announced, the potential World War III and uh, shutting down, everybody freaked out, ran out, and filled their cars up and their gas cans up. That put a major draw on the system. And then when pretty much things stayed the same, plus prices went up, people started cutting their consumption. And then the market came down and equalized. So whenever like something can be a stock, it can be a commodity, it can be anything. Whenever this big fear comes out, there's always a spike and then there's a drop and then it does whatever the market's going to do with it. So when people go out and buy a stock, for instance, because they announced, we just got a contract to make 3 million widgets for this entity and everybody buys it, the stock goes way up above its value. Then it equalizes. And the actual effect of that contract is not really seen in revenue for maybe a year. And so people are buying the future. And when people buy the future, it, it, it temporarily spikes the price. But you notice it kind of came down a little bit and stayed there because it ain't going nowhere until we fix this problem. And as long as the cost of food or gas is up, the cost of food is up, the cost of transportation is up, the cost of everything goes up. Right? And there's no way we can solve this because we refuse to use our own resources for fuel right here in America where we don't even need, we don't need one drop of foreign oil and we don't need one ounce of foreign gas and we don't need one ounce of foreign coal. We don't need to import any energy into this country at all. We have more than enough right here if we use that resource. And I am for green energy, right, guys? I am environmentalist. Some people don't understand that because like, I'm okay with fossil fuels for now. We can't come off this the way that all the greenie weenies want to. It won't work. It's not possible. People will die. I care that people die. Apparently they don't. Or they live in fantasy land where it's not going to happen. But this is, this is an ongoing problem. Next up. Here we go. How about this? Supply shortage that could derail the electric car boom. So there's enough parts and pieces for those electric cars. The Gen Saki and Pete Buttigieg just said, oh, you're worried about gas? Just go buy an electric car. Like everybody has 60 grand in their pocket to buy an electric car. You got a guy that's driving a $3,000 used jalopy beater, but it gets him to, to work and back, right? And he's barely making ends meet. And now his gas doubled. And now he's eating less lunch so he can feed his kids. And you tell him to buy a $60,000 Tesla. But you know what? The electric car uh, world is booming. Except there's a lot of, like, computer parts and chips and things in there. There's a chip shortage because we make all our chips overseas. Now we're building facilities to make chips in America. But we're waiting a year to get the materials for the roof that goes on the facility to build the chips in America. Just the roof. Uh, we'll get over this. No time at all. It's fine. 
All of this is by design. That's what I'm telling you. Every bit of this is planned. Next, the profitless boom in residential construction. What does this mean? This means that builders, new home starts are through the roof. People are buying new houses. Financing is easy to get. Okay. And there's not a lot of inventory of existing homes being sold. There's more than there was a year ago, but there's not a lot. It's a great time to sell. It's a terrible time to buy. Like people are reluctant to sell because unless I already know where I'm going to move, unless there's already enough equity to capture and roll, I don't want to sell because I may I might have to sell and buy a lesser place and put no money in my pocket. That's a losing game. So people aren't doing it. So the way around it is you build. So the, the builders are like, I got more work than I can handle. That's usually a good thing. But they're not making any money. They can't get materials and they can't get labor. So how are we going to restore the economy of the United States when we can't get parts to make cars? The cost of energy is doubled. The cost of food is going to keep skyrocketing. And we can't get the widgets to build the factories and the facilities to move the production to America. And even if we can, we can't get people to freaking work. And even if we can get them to work, we can't get them to work at a wage where we can actually make a profit on the good and the material. And then we are going to go out and stir shit up like a hornet's nest all over the rest of the country. Well, the answer is we're not. We're not. It's not going to happen. And the problem is so much worse than the supply shortages. Before I move on and teach you about Bonhoeffer's theory of stupidity, I know there's some of you that really have a hard time with this whole thing that I don't just think Vladimir Putin is the worst human being that ever lived. That he's not like freaking Tamerlane and Hitler combined and brought back, right? What I'm saying is we have no place. Our country has no place calling other nations aggressors or talking about other nations war crimes because what we've done As horrible as what they've done, what we've done is largely worse. And what we've done for in the lives of most of you watching this is worse. This I'm about to play for you was the Secretary of State at the time, Madeleine Albright, asked about the fact that over a half a million Iraqi children had died post the first Gulf War due to U.S. sanctions to stop Hussein. Here you go. That a half a million children have died. I mean, that's more children than died when, when, in, in Hiroshima. And, and, you know, is the price worth it? I think this is a very hard choice, but the price, we think the price is worth it. We think the price is worth it. Our actions lead to the death of 500,000 children in Iraq. We think the price is worth it. Oh, my God, Putin bombed a hospital. In, in that particular instance, it turned out there were uh, Ukrainian uh, artillery assets on the roof of it firing from an elevated position. I think if somebody shot at me, I might shoot back. I'm not making an excuse for the invasion. I'm saying that once a war's on, a war's on, and if somebody shoots at you, you shoot. Yes, it was an empty hospital. Look, here, who knows? See, this is an independent thinker. This is somebody that went out and got information for themselves. Empty hospital with artillery assets on the roof. What we reported is they bombed the hospital indiscriminately because we lie. 
And you might wonder, how does this work? How does this work? I submit to you. And this is a hard thing to accept. I submit to you. Our nation right now, this minute, is more like Nazi Germany in the mid-30s than America in the mid-90s. And I want to now play this for you. I just came by this yesterday on MeWe. Somebody posted it. I tracked it down, got a copy of it. Uh, this is this is called Bonhoeffer's Theory of Stupidity. And this was a priest or a minister, I think a minister, that was speaking out against the Nazis. It's kind of scary when you're speaking out against people that want to kill you. I know, but I ain't going to shut up. And eventually they came and threw him in, in jail. And he died just a couple days before the Allies would have liberated, liberated his concentration camp. He was executed. He had some time for thinking while he was in there. And this was the theory of stupidity. Now you tell me, flat out, you tell me, if this doesn't sound like America today. ...of German history, during a time when incited mobs threw stones into the windows of innocent shop owners, and women and children were cruelly humiliated in the open, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a young pastor, began to speak publicly against the atrocities that the regime had produced. After years of trying to change people's minds, Dietrich Bonhoeffer came home one evening and his own father had to tell him that two men were waiting in his room to take him away. In prison, Bonhoeffer began to reflect on how his country of poets and thinkers had turned into a collective of cowards, crooks and criminals. Eventually, he concluded that the root of the problem was not malice, but stupidity. In his famous Letters from Prison, Bonhoeffer argued that stupidity is a more dangerous enemy of the good than malice, because while one may protest against evil, it can be exposed and prevented by the use of force. Against stupidity, we are defenseless. Neither protests nor the use of force accomplish anything here. Reasons fall on deaf ears. Facts that contradict a stupid person's prejudgment simply need not be believed, and when they are irrefutable, they are just pushed aside as inconsequential, as incidental. In all this, the stupid person is self-satisfied and, being easily irritated, becomes dangerous by going on the attack. For that reason, greater caution is called for when dealing with a stupid person than with a malicious one. If we want to know how to get the better of stupidity, we must seek to understand its nature. This much is certain. Stupidity is, in essence, not an intellectual defect, but a moral one. There are human beings who are remarkably agile intellectually, yet stupid, and others who are intellectually dull, yet anything but stupid. The impression one gains is not so much that stupidity is a congenital defect, but that, under certain circumstances, people are made stupid, or rather, they allow this to happen to them. People who live in solitude manifest this defect less frequently than individuals in groups, and so it would seem that stupidity is perhaps less a psychological than a sociological problem. It becomes apparent that every strong upsurge of power, be it of a political or religious nature, 
infects a large part of humankind with stupidity, almost as if this is a sociological psychological law where the power of the one needs the stupidity of the other. The process at work here is not that particular human capacities such as intellect suddenly fail. Instead, it seems that under the overwhelming impact of rising power, humans are deprived of their inner independence and, more or less consciously, give up an autonomous position. The fact that the stupid person is often stubborn must not blind us from the fact that he is not independent. In conversation with him, one virtually feels that one is dealing not at all with him as a person, but with slogans, catchwords and the like that have taken possession of him. He is under a spell, blinded, misused, and is abused in his very being. Having thus become a mindless tool, the stupid person will also be capable of any evil, incapable of seeing that it is evil. Only an act of liberation, not instruction, can overcome stupidity. Here, we must come to terms with the fact that in most cases, a genuine internal liberation becomes possible only when external liberation has preceded it. Until then, we must abandon all attempts to convince the stupid person. Bonhoeffer died due to his involvement in a plot against Adolf Hitler at dawn on the 9th of April 1945 at Flossenburg concentration camp just two weeks before soldiers from the United States liberated the camp. Action springs not from thought, but from a readiness for responsibility. The ultimate test of a moral society is the kind of world that it leaves to its children, Bonhoeffer once said. Check the description below to read Bonhoeffer's original text, After 10 Years. For more information about Bonhoeffer or to download this video without background music, go to SproutSchools.com. All right, so I do have a link to SproutSchools.com. Specifically, the, the, when you go there, you don't find that video. There's a ton of videos there. I think it's really worth watching some of their stuff. I'm sure I'll be sharing more of it with you in the future. Some of it may be a bit challenging to you and some of your preconceived beliefs. I watched one yesterday. I won't get into it because we need to wrap up, but uh, I didn't think that it would make a lot of sense to me when I read the title. And then I watched it, and it made a tremendous amount of sense to me because it wasn't talking about what I always thought the term was talking about. It was really interesting. And I like things that stretch us intellectually. And by the way, you might think, well, that video, somebody over there at Sprout Schools must have like looked at the COVID situation and said, hey, we need to put this out so people understand what's going on today. It predates COVID. Totally predates it. And obviously the storyline predates most of you guys when you were alive. That's from the 30s and 40s that that all happened. So most of us were not alive in the 30s and 40s. And somebody's saying right now, I like this, Packerat. Bonhoeffer lived and died for what he knew to be true. I think it's really easy for people right now to think that when you're doing the things that, that I'm doing and that many people are doing, I'm not the only one. There's, there's, there's thousands and tens of thousands of us acting as independent journalists right now that because we live in America, we're safe. 
Don't you think for a minute that I believe that I'm safe? I'm safe for now. But all of this, my catalog of work now going back to 2008, is a potential threat to me in the future that we're heading into. You know what? It exists. I've already said it. I have no intention of stopping saying it. But even if I did, it wouldn't matter. Whatever list you end up on, I'm already on. I have no time left in my life to submit to false authority. I had another individual. You see the psychosis in so many manifestations. One of my videos from a couple of weeks ago, I was wearing the Let's Go Brandon t-shirt. And I had the audacity to do what I'm going to do right now because maybe it'll trigger somebody else, right? I do it because it triggers you, trolls. That's, that's, that's why I do it. It triggers you. I don't really care. But I had a Let's Go Brandon shirt on, and he was very, very butthurt because you dared to insult our president. I said, I don't have a president, friend. Joe Biden's not my president. And before you think I'm being like the people who are like, not my president with Trump, neither was Trump. Neither was Obama. Neither was Bush Jr. None of these people are my president. I do not recognize the authority of another man over my life. I recognize their ability to use force on me to make me comply. That's very different from their authority. Authority means that they can tell me what to do and I need to do it because they said so. So if somebody sends me an email and it says, Jack, send me $50 now, asshole, I'm not sending them $50. They put a gun in my face and ask for my wallet. If I'm not in a position where I can gain advantage and disarm them or kill them for trying to kill me, I'm probably going to give them my wallet. I don't recognize their authority. I, rec I recognize their advantage in the situation. That's where I am with the state. I don't believe that any man has a right to tell any other man or any woman has a right to tell any other woman or any other man, like no human has a right to tell any other human how to live, what to think, what to say. That's the America I remember. Today's show was called, Is This the End of America as We Know It? I said this in the chat before we started. I used the wrong word. I should have used the past tense. Knew it. It's already gone. It's already over. This is not America. This is not what I grew up with. And I don't know that we're ever getting it back. I don't know. I want to, I want to hear from you guys in chat right now. I have a, a banner running. Do you think we can get out of this? If yes, how likely is it? One, maybe, barely, possibly. Ten, definitely, we'll get out of this. Do you think this is going to change for the better? And this change can be worse, right? Like you can be, you've wore out a ten, you're out, you're out of five, you get changed, you go to a four, a three, a two, and a one. Do you think we can get out of this? Do you think we can change this? Do you think if we, in November... We send all Republicans to the Congress and the Senate. That's going to change anything. If they hold all the way to 2024 and we replace the potato and heels up with some new Republican or some old Republican, do you think it's going to change? Do you think anybody really wants to do anything about this? Or even the people speaking out that sound like they're on your side, Just virtue signaling because it's easy to be in opposition when you're in such a minority and stick out. And it's good for you politically. You can raise funds with it, Rand Paul. And I love Ron. But Rand, you ain't, you ain't Ron. I'm sorry. We're going to replace Fauci with three people instead of just one Fauci. You know what, you know what Rand Paul's dad would have said? 
why don't we get rid of NIA, NIAIH, right? And NIAID, right? Fauci's entity. Why don't we get rid of it and stop letting the government have that much control over medicine? Rand says, let's get rid of Fauci and have three Fauci's that are approved by the Senate, knowing it's never going to pass. Knowing it's never going to pass. And let's raise some funds for the next campaign. That's what's happening. And he's probably the closest to a good guy we have in the Senate right now. Ted Cruz does the same shit. You think that changing the stooges in the stooge seats is going to change the course of this country? Do you really? Because I don't. I think the problems will be different, but we'll have the same problem. So you got your macro problem and your micro problems. And micros are still big in this, this analysis. But the macro problem is we're destroying America as we know it to make America like Europe. We want equity, everybody to be the same. And the only difference is the marketing each party uses and the way they want to get us there. Two buses going to the same place, taking a different route. One bus has really great air conditioning. One has really comfortable seats. Which one do you want to get on? I say neither. We have the country is largely in that mode that Bonhoeffer calls stupidity. I want to be clear what I mean when I say that. It's not 10%. And 10% is an unmitigated disaster. If you can get 10% of a society going along with this type of thinking, you are already screwed. Because 10% will become 20 20% will become 40, and 40% will become 80. And there's only about 20% of a population that even has the internal will to resist this. There's been experiments done about this getting along and going along and becoming part of a mob done, where they had college students push a button that they were told would really hurt somebody off in, on a camera in another room. And that if they pushed it enough times, it could even kill them. But they were told to do it by a guy in a lab coat. And the guy was pretending to be in agony. And every fucking one of them kept pushing the button every time they were told. It was a very small minority that eventually said, I'm not doing this anymore. Because somebody in authority told them to do it, and it was in a clinical setting. That's where we are. There's been simpler experiments done. You have a fake doctor's office. You have a group of actors in there, and you have a group of people that think they're actually there to see a doctor. Everybody's sitting down. A bell goes off. All the actors stand up when the bell goes off and just stand there. They hit the bell again. They all sit down. Two or three rotations. All the people that don't know what's going on, just like monkeys, monkey see, monkey do, beep, they all stand up, beep, they all sit down. What percentage of people is going to sit there and go, what are you retards doing? Who said they do this? Like you see them on the video, they're like, what? And then everybody just does it. Everybody just do. I don't want to be the guy that sticks out. This is a deep seated psychological thing with human beings. When we were in very, very early periods of our existence and we lived in actual tribes and groups, it was evolutionarily advantageous for us to be that way because the one guy that was like, I don't think that thing over there looks that dangerous got eaten by a saber tooth. His gene pool got eliminated. There's a place for conformity. 
And when the guy that's running the tribe has seen enough people getting eaten by a saber tooth, you don't go over there when he says not to go over there. But when we confuse the wise tribal leader, and we think that's what we're getting, and we're getting a dementia patient that was put there on purpose to pretend to be the wise tribal leader, to warn you about the saber tooth that does not exist, you can lead a country headlong into oblivion. And I'm, I'm deeply concerned for my country at this point, guys. I'm deeply concerned for my country because I don't know that we can pull out of this. You know, you can have the greatest pilot in the world. And if a plane has gone into a dive long enough and hard enough, no matter what he does, you can't pull the plane back up. You're going to hit the ground. Yesterday, I had a quote of the day for you in my segment on the expert council. I'm going to read it again because, boy, it plays out here. Neither a man nor a crowd nor a nation can be trusted to act humanely or to think sanely under the influence of a great fear. Under the influence of great fear. That was said by Bertrand Russell. Everything that's being done to the American people right now is being done under a banner of fear. When leaders or people in power push an agenda with fear, they always... Always, always, always know what they're doing. They always know what they're doing. It's always intentional. You look at the Bob Harris administration and you see total incompetence. Guess what? Since you're an independent thinker that will oppose them, that's what you're supposed to see. And the social justice warriors go, oh, my God, it's so wonderful. Look, we have... Everybody in government stating their pronouns now. Everything will be super. Joe promised you college loan forgiveness. You're not getting, oh, we'll get it eventually. Yeah, you know you won't. And even if you do, you now have a worthless degree anyway. You have a worthless degree. Good job. Your degree in gender studies, that's going to do a lot for you in our new future. We're going to need hard skills to freaking survive. Okay. That's what you're supposed to see. I'm getting what I want. He's incompetent, but it's okay. I'm not getting what I want, but it's because he's incompetent. This is not incompetence. Somebody said the famous saying earlier, never attribute to malice that which can be explained through incompetence. That's not 100%, guys. There is no way you make this many bad decisions for the country by incompetence and accident. There is no way you appoint people to the rank of general in one of our branches of military because they're transsexual. And it's only because of incompetence. Now, I want to be clear. If somebody's trans and they're really good at what they do and they're the best candidate for the job, I don't care then. That's fine. That's not what we're getting. That's not what we're getting. There's no way you purge senior leadership from the military through force and intimidation, which they just did over the last... Two and a half years, which includes Trump, by the way, by accident. There's no way you do that by accident. There's no way you're putting E7s, E8s, freaking lieutenant colonels out of the military by threatening to the point where they feel it's not worth it anymore because you tell them, we're going to go through every social media post you ever made, and we better not find one thing that could be seen as racist which could include being a member in the NRA, even though they didn't do it. They told these, I know this, they told me it happened to them. I know several people that just said, they're going to they're gonna destroy me. I've been in long enough to retire at full. I'm putting the paperwork in, I'm out. 
And then you purge the rest. That's, you say, well, you won't get the shot. You're getting purged. There's no way you do that. Only through incompetence. There's no way you skyrocket fuel prices in your country. Only through incompetence. There's no way that you cut off your own supply of fucking fertilizer to grow food for your people through only incompetence. There's no way you put up the litany of absolute clown show freaks into your cabinet and into major bureaucratic positions only through incompetence. This is 100% intentional. How do you fight back? I have a banner going across the... Uh, Screen right now. I want to hear your comments on this. Those of you on YouTube and Twitch, I can see, and Facebook, I can see your comments. You just can't see mine if I comment back to you. Have you seen otherwise reasonable people who did not fall for it with COVID go all in on this Ukraine thing? If you're not for us, you're against us. If you say anything that mitigates the story, you're a tool of put. Have you seen that? Well, here's our answer. Ben got it. Fight back by empowering yourself. I want to end with something. There's, and we got them coming in. Yes. Yes. Yep. Right. We got it coming in now. Yeah. People, you've seen it, right? We can't stop it. You're not going to red pill these people. You're not going to wake them up. You're not going to unplug them from the matrix. One of the things that we really learned in that movie. I have a feeling the new one's going to suck, or if maybe it's already out. I have a feeling it does suck if it's already out. Is that the people that like being in the Matrix will kill you for trying to disconnect them. They don't want it disrupted. We think that every time a major dictatorship rose, that it, it happened right in front of people, and they didn't want it to happen the entire time, that the majority was opposed to it. The rise of a Stalin or a Mao or a Hitler We think of it as that the people fought back, but they couldn't. They just got a group of goons together, and those goons just took over a whole country. Are you freaking that stupid that you believe that? And I don't mean you guys individually, but I mean in general. Isn't that basically how it's taught in history class? Well, you know, Hitler showed up, and then it was Nazis. So you go back and you look at historical footage of Nazi Germany, and you see Hitler giving a speech. And you see people lined up to the horizon. And you say, well, they had to come. They had to show up or they would have been shot. Really? So you think one guy that everybody wants dead can create a crowd of over a hundred thousand people or in the case, there's hundreds of thousands of people. And a small group of goons can prevent those hundreds of thousands of people from tearing his head off. You really think so? I mean, Justin Trudeau ran away from a few hundred truckers and went to an undisclosed location and hid in a basement like Biden. Why? Because if there's enough people, you can have all the cops, all the goons, all the soldiers you want, and body count will win every time. So what does it mean when these people take over that the majority went along with it? The majority went with Mao. The majority went with Hitler. The majority went with Stalin. The majority went with Castro. The majority went Maduro. Name an actual dictator from any time in history. The majority went along. The majority joined in. The majority joined the cult. 
There's videos of young teenage girls acting like Hitler was one of the freaking Beatles here in America in the 60s. Oh! Cult of personality. Making people stupid. Intelligent people, stupid. Not ignorant, stupid. Because ignorant is a lack of knowledge. You can give these people all the facts. The facts are indisputable. They cannot counteract a single thing you're saying. You're killing grandma. You're a tool of Putin. How am I a tool of Putin? For speaking the truth? Because the truth's inconvenient? Because the truth doesn't line up with the agenda? You're a tool of Putin. That's the response. The majority of this country. Remember, 10% you're screwed. It's not 10%. It's probably more like 80 now. On both sides. This is where we are. So leaving you with some hope. You're not going to fix it. But when we listen to the Bonhoeffer segment, it said the only way to deal with the stupid is to physically liberate them. And it's not without risk. But the only way to liberate a people that are this down into it, that are this controlled, that are this much now a catchphrase society. Now, you know what I mean? we were a catchphrase society in 1980s. We were a catchphrase society that led us into the Vietnam fucking war. We were a catchphrase society that led us into 20 years of war in the Middle East where we absolutely made nothing better for anybody with freedom isn't free. But today, the catchphrase is enough to write off any amount of fact. So how do you physically liberate the willingly chained? There's only one way, and it's not without risk. Live fucking free. On your terms, your way, every fucking day of your life as much as you can. And that's everything from starting a business to speaking out to growing your own food. But what you do, the minute you know that you're dealing with one of these people, you walk away. Don't engage. Don't argue. Be as happy as you can. Be as positive as you can for yourself. Look at everything this way. I've examined it. I have an opinion. My opinion doesn't actually fucking matter to anybody but me. I can speak the facts I've learned, and people can look at that, and they can decide, hey, you know what? You know what? I agree or I disagree. But it's up to them. It's 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 That's who it's actually up to. That doesn't actually change anything. So then you say to yourself, where can I make a difference in my life, my family's life, and the people I care about's life? That's the three places that I want to live. 95% of my time, my energy, my focus, and my attention has to go inside. What can I do that will improve my life, my family's life, and the life of people I care about deeply? And if one of those people is off in stupid land, you don't worry about changing that because you can't. You can still maybe do some things that makes their life better. Because the way you liberate the willingly oppressed is by living apart from them. By living differently than them. And by having your life be better than their life. And you do it long enough. And it's the same effect when your, per your friend or your neighbor or your family member that doesn't ever want a garden comes over 
and you walk out and you look at your garden and they go, wow, that's beautiful. And you reach down and you pull off this red pepper, little red sweet pepper that's been sitting there getting ripe in the sun and it's midday and it's warm. You pull it off and you hand it to them and you say, eat it. And they go, what? You eat it. And they're like shocked that you can actually eat it off the plant, you know, like we did for millennia, right? You know, we just ate stuff. Like most of you, I'm sure, have gone through the woods and found blackberries and stuff in the woods and like you're just walking along eating it, right? The fact that you can do that in your backyard, oh my God, don't you have to wash it? No, I didn't pee on it or anything, just eat it. And they take that bite and they sometimes they've never eaten anything that close to harvest, seconds from harvest. They've never done it. And then you go have a beer on the porch, and they say, well, how hard is it to start a garden? You could have emailed them. You could have started posts on social media. You could have talked to them about a garden every time you wanted to do it. They don't want a garden. Too much work, not worth it. I get my food from the store. That's where it comes from, right? Put a pepper in their hand, let them eat it. All of a sudden, they want to know how to do a garden. Not all of them will do it, but at least they ask. The mind is open. All of this works the same way. And it's, you know, Jeff Lawton did say all the world's problems could be solved in a garden. It's really more of a metaphor than an exact thing. And I agree with it. But this is not about gardening. This is about your entire way of life. This is about focusing on you, your family, and those you care about exclusively. Well, that's selfish. Yes, it is in the best way possible because focusing on things you don't control is the bad kind of selfish. The megalomania, the narcissism that thinks what you believe is really going to change things. If I don't watch the news tonight, something bad will happen because I stop paying attention. People actually think that. It's when, when you say it, it sounds like it, what it is. Certifiably insane. Certifiably insane. People actually think if they change their opinion, that the needle will move in the direction that they change their opinion to. It's megalomania. It's insanity. So I'm going to make a deal with you guys. This is pretty dark. This is pretty dark. Got over 400 people just on YouTube. I did a show on Wednesday with a girl that talked about how to hatch geese and ducks in your own backyard. Parafrican geese are selling on Metzer Farms right now for like $85. I had 50 people in that live stream. Here I tell you how bad things are. We got over 400 just from YouTube. Prepper porn. You want the dark. The dark's important. That's why I cover it from time to time. The dark doesn't mean the square root of F all without what the hell you can do about it. So I'm going to take a few comments here and respond to them. But next week I'm going to come back and I'm going to hit you. Solution, 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 solution. I'm not even going to mention a problem. Unless something goes kinetic and we have to cover it, I'm not going to talk about Ukraine. I'm not going to talk about Europe. I'm not going to talk about Putin. I'm not going to talk about COVID. I'm not going to talk about any of it. I'm going to do what I'm telling you today. I'm going to focus 100% on what I'm going to tell you that I know you can do. That's it. All next week. Probably do an Outback with Jack on Monday and Friday next week. We'll probably bookend it unless Dorothy books somebody on a work in for me that I don't know about. We'll have an interview on Wednesday. I don't even know what that's about, so who knows what that'll be about. 
got expert counsel show. Well, it'll be probably three shows that are just going to be me. Tuesday, we're going to do the permaculture part three, all solutions. Probably two out back with Jax, all solutions. All of you that showed up to hear the dark, do me a favor. Show up next week to hear what to do about it. Because that's the important thing. Space Girl says, did the Nazis win World War II? Looks like Nazi intelligence has been placed in positions of power across the world. Well, definitely in Ukraine. If you don't believe me, go listen to the Laura Logan segment again. Laura Logan is an outstanding journalist, by the way. She's an outstanding journalist. Her research is impeccable. And when she reports, this is what I learned. This is how I learned it. This is how I confirmed it. This is what I learned. This is how I learned it. I have yet to confirm it. That's actual journalism. Why do you think they hate her? Because she's doing the job they're supposed to do. This is all gaslighting. You're a tool of Putin. Doesn't matter. You're a tool. That's the message. You're a tool. You bamboozled. You are subject to propaganda. You just believe what you're being told. But who's telling you that shit? Right? The people that actually are doing that, the people that actually are that way, the people that are sucking down all of the propaganda from our media that just lied to them for two years, and they know they were lied to for two years, but now they're hearing the truth. You know what they're like? They're like a bunch of baby birds in a nest, and mama bird, the media comes in, and she's eating a pile of bullshit. And they all go, oh, feed me. And then mommy regurgitates and pukes bullshit down her throat and they eat it and they're mad at you because you won't join in on the bullshit feast. I don't think the Nazis have intelligence operations all over the world, but I do think that there is a strong lineage to the original Nazi party in Ukraine. And I think it's impossible if you study history to deny that. There also was a very strong Nazi migration into South America. There's a really great a series called Hunting Hitler, where the theory is that maybe Hitler got out. I don't know if he did or not. I think it's more probable that he ended up dead in the bunker, like we say, but they do a pretty good job of saying it's at least plausible. And you have to think about, like, why somebody like him wouldn't use the resources he had to get away. And there's a very plausible way that it happened. But when they go on the research in South America, some of what they find is really kind of changes the history you were taught in school, I'm just going to say. Jay Black says, where is this on my, your sphere of influence or concern, or is that the point? That is the point. Next week we do that. I, when I announced today's show, I said this is not going to give you solutions other than you need to focus on your sphere of control. Sphere of control first, sphere of influence second, everything else is for awareness only. This is an awareness show. This is how bad things really are. Um, Packer says, America has been white trafficked by her abusers for far too long. She has been forced to lay with too many coarse, abrasive partners for us to have a right to believe she ever will be the same. I wish I could tell you you're wrong. The American people have been subject to the abuse of the power apparatus for so long, the majority of them have what we call Stockholm Syndrome. They will believe what they're told, and that's why this is what they do. This is the formula. They generally give you two belief systems that are acceptable. That way, when you split, you fall into one naturally. And when they really hate you is when you won't pick a side. When two groups of monkeys are throwing shit at each other and you refuse to pick up and get on one side and throw your shit at the other side, both sides turn and throw their shit at you. 
And that's when they don't give you two sides. See, you think they did with COVID, you think they gave you one side. No, they didn't. They gave you Fox News. We're skeptical vaccines work, but we shouldn't make everybody get one. It was basically the same opinion with less overt control. And then they had the full overt control. Well, this one, they've gone complete extreme. You either completely agree or you're wrong because the training exercise worked and they have enough numbers now to have a, a super majority of people that are going along and get along. Downey Demori Survival says, can we agree that sometimes it is better to speak, is better not to speak the truth, that sometimes it is wiser not to discuss the difficult issues, that discussing them might in fact give fuel to Putin or can't we? I can't. No, I don't agree with that. It might give fuel to Putin. Okay, dude, you're back into the world of thinking that you speaking the truth changes what they do. We don't speak the truth. Like, you can't, God, this is the mental psychosis I'm talking about. I don't mean to pick on this person. You speaking the truth doesn't give fuel to Putin. Putin doesn't give a fuck what the United States general population thinks about him. He doesn't care. He cares what the U.S. military does or doesn't do. He doesn't care what you think. There's no war for the hearts and minds of Americans by Russia. There's some propaganda, sure, but there's no real focus on it. They're focused on getting what they want in a war right now. Which, if you're going to be in a war, is kind of what you should do. Even if you're wrong. I'm not talking about right and wrong morally. I'm talking about tactically. If I'm in a war, and I want to win the freaking war, then what do I do? I focus on winning the war. I don't focus on some other bullshit that I know doesn't matter. We don't matter in this Like I said, if every single person here believes every th single thing that I've said about this, and everybody on the audio, which is much larger than the video audience, believes it, and all of you vote accordingly or don't vote or whatever you do, and all of you write letters, all of you hold up signs, all of you do everything, they're still going to do what they're going to do. Part of the trap that creates the stupidity that we talked about today is to make you believe that you agreeing or disagreeing changes the course of events. It doesn't. Now, I will say there's probably places that it's better not to speak. But I don't mean like this. I don't mean if you're a journalist. I don't mean if you're a podcaster. I don't mean if you're any sort of media personality, blogger, whatever. I mean, when you're talking to the willfully stupid, there's a place not to do so. Not to do so. To not, we talked about that today. But I'm not worried about empowering Putin. I'm empowering Putin by telling you your media lied? Then maybe the solution is for your media to stop fucking lying to you. Not for me to stop speaking the truth. This is, so, oh, he's in Poland, so his perspective is a bit different. Let me acknowledge that. I will say so. All right. Um, okay. He says he understands what I have in mind. I, I, I still disagree. But a little bit more respectfully, I guess, right? Like, there is no place for silence from the, from the bully pulpit in this. There is a place for silence within your sphere. Because it won't matter. Because it won't matter. And I, I gotta admit, if I'm sitting in Poland, I'm a little more nervous about this than if I'm sitting here in the United States with two giant oceans protecting me from the enemies. Right? 
I get you, dude. I understand. And it's probably more dangerous for you to speak up than it is for me to speak up. Less because of your system of government, but more because the the fear is more ramped up in Poland than it is in in the United States. Here's uh, Packrat says, in East Texas proverb states, don't try to teach a pig thing. It will irritate the pig and frustrate you. Absolutely. That's that's a pretty good place to end today. Guys, I'm going to get this up on the audio. I'll get it out. It's 1040 right now. So I would, this is going to be a pretty quick one to put up. Uh, so probably by 11 a.m. Uh, Friday, March the 18th. Uh, the link in the video notes should take you to a place that actually exists instead of an error page. Um, I appreciate you guys for showing up today. And I'm really asking you. Don't, don't have me looking at a video feed with 70 people in it on Monday and Tuesday. You came for fire. You came for the darkness. Show up next week for the light. I'll catch you guys later. Are they gonna bail you out or just run you around? They said you should have a house the American way. Dollar down, a dollar a month, and you never have to pay. There's a better way to do this. Let me show you a better way